What you're about to listen to was originally broadcast on 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia. For details, go to the website 98five.com. You're on at 98.5 and this is Weekdays with Mike and joining me in the studio is Andrea, our midwife and child health nurse. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. Nice to have you back. We're going to continue our conversation, but we're kind of changing tact a little bit to what we were talking about pre the school holidays, which seems like uh, such a long time ago. It does. It feels like forever ago. <laughs> it does. Now, we're going to be chatting, or we're going to be talking about uh, sleep, but all, we're going to be chatting about weaning uh, little ones off at night time. Yeah, yeah. Which so, is obviously a big, big topic through the groups that you, you talk amongst, Andrea. It is a big topic, night weaning for, um, you know, babies and toddlers. Um, so, yeah, we're going to look at that today. And in some ways, I think it flows on from the toddler sleep conversation because, yeah. um, well, in the groups that I'm in, often people are still breastfeeding at night, their toddlers, although probably in a lot of the mainstream groups, that's not so common because we know in the wider community that breastfeeding rates do drop off quite quickly. Okay. When you say quickly, like what, what age, like what, what time factor generally? Oh. Gosh, does it, does it vary testing a bit? my stats knowledge ah. now. I think it, it does, it, like stra- straight away when people leave hospital, it starts to drop off. And by three okay. months, it's dropped off quite a bit. So our rates, our breastfeeding rates here aren't great. Um, it does, yeah, it does drop off quite quickly. Okay. And when would most mums start to think about weaning off? Like, is there a kind of uh, an indication, like trigger point? Yeah, so I think... That for mums that are still breastfeeding, you know, in the second half of the first year, that's kind of what we're talking about today, I think. It's, okay. If people have sort of night weaned, or not night weaned, but maybe switched to bottles, for example, mm. earlier than that, we're not really talking about that today. We're talking about babies that maybe still be feeding, um, you know, at nine months, 10 months, and after that, at night, those are the ones that I want to talk about because the mainstream advice very much is that if you're still breastfeeding overnight, feeding to sleep, for example, uh, at nine months, well, you need to start cutting that down. You know that you've got um, a little one who doesn't need that anymore. You're probably contributing to your overnight sleep issues if, if that's the concern um, and that needs to be cut down. And I really want to address that today because that is really not in line with the research and the evidence we know about breastfeeding and about sleep. Would that surprise a few mums today, do you think? I think so. Just hearing what you said, like nine months, you should start to, you know... I think so. There's very much the idea out there that nutritionally babies are on a decent amount of solids at nine, ten months. You don't need nutritionally need breastfeeds overnight. So therefore, you know, you don't need to do that anymore. And if your baby's waking overnight and you're still feeding overnight, that's probably why. And the reason, I mean, I don't know where that idea came from, to be honest, because babies so nutritionally depend on on milk, whether that's formula or breast milk, but they so depend on it still in that first year. Mm. And I don't know where this magic nine months kind of came from. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be because then we're kind of encouraging meals and snacks and they're saying, well, but, you know, if we look at their nutritional needs and how much of it is met by milk still at that age, mm. it really, I don't know where that came from. It's there's nothing wrong with those overnight feeds at that age. Okay. We'll take a break, Andrea. We'll come back and chat some more. 
started chatting about uh, weaning off and we you were mentioning about the nine months. Uh, we haven't got your name, but we've just got a text message come in. This person says maybe nine months uh, because that's when many mums start going back to work. Is that maybe the, the indication as well, Andrea? Well, I think that's a really interesting comment, actually, because that is a huge driving factor that I see of why mums feel like they need to make changes in the night. And, you know, they're wanting their baby to sleep a bit more, perhaps because they're worried about how they're going to go at work the next day. Um, But I think if we actually change our perspective a little bit, the reason why often why mums keep feeding to sleep at night and, you know, resettling by feeding to sleep is actually because it's so quick and easy. And we know that breast milk is higher in a compound called CCK, which helps with melatonin production, the sleep hormone production. It's higher at night. So breast milk is designed to help babies sleep at night. And when we can just do a like a quick feed, roll over back to sleep kind of scenario, <laughs> it helps get everyone back to sleep nice and quick. And the research also tells us that that makes us feel more rested in the morning than, say, being up, you know, for like half an hour trying to rock the baby back to sleep. So we know that it actually helps breastfeeding mums actually get more sleep. Um, So they might have more wakes, but they get more sleep. And so that idea of, oh, I've got to change something. I'm going back to work. Oh, my goodness. Well, actually, maybe if you keep feeding back to sleep, if you keep doing what works at night, that's going to get you more rest and actually work out better for that return to work. Tricky. A bit of a catch-22, isn't it, though? I mean, how do you then start to wean off. Yeah, so I think there's this huge perception out there that feeding to sleep is a habit and it's going to become a bad habit. But if we switch our thinking around again and look at sleep through a child development lens, and I'm always saying this, Mm -hmm. but if we look at actually our baby's developmental trajectory, so how they're going with their development, it actually gets easier the older they get to wean them off. So as they get older, they they have the capacity to be able to settle themselves independently a little bit more. So like a toddler compared to a baby is going to be better able to settle themselves. They're also able to understand better. So we can actually explain to them. We can use books. There's lots of great night weaning books. Mm. We can use social stories where we include the little one in a story about how we're not going to feed overnight anymore. So it actually gets lots easier the older they get. So it's not like a habit that we've got to break. Instead, we look at our child develops in a way that it makes it easier. Mm. Is that a long process? Like, does that when you once you make that decision and you start you start that process, like, can that happen? Is it different from or, lots of different people, lots of different mums? Yeah, I think it depends on the child largely and their temperament yeah. and what they're like. Um, and also, it depends on the family's needs. And some families, you know, sometimes mums will be at the point where they're like, "Oh, I just can't do this anymore. I've had it." <laughs> And so perhaps the the way they go about it is a little bit more, um, uh, it's less gentle and it's, you know, maybe involving someone else like the partner or the, the other parent or whatever involved to do the settling and wean that way. But other times um, they may have a bit more time up their sleeve and they can go a more gentle approach over a longer period of time. Fascinating. Uh, Andrea, we'll take a break. 98.5, this is Weekdays with Mike Andrea, our midwife and child health nurse is in the studio. We've been chatting about weaning off at around about the uh, the ninth month mark is a is a rough kind of time, is a normal time, Andrea? 
Oh, that's the mainstream advice. <laughs> um, my advice today is to go with what works for you. And oftentimes a lot of people are still feeding well into toddlerhood and it's not spoken about. Toddlerhood? Uh, what age are we talking? Yeah. Come on. Oh, we, like, well, two? like, yeah, yeah, two sometimes. Wow. Yeah. Um, but 18 months, certainly, like if you can... If it's working for you and you can kind of get to the 18-month mark, that seems to be a bit of a magic number in terms of the child development, like I was saying, Mm. where it seems to be a bit easier to wean gently rather than, um, you know, worrying about just having to leave a baby to cry or something like that or having a really difficult night before that age. So, yeah, I guess my my main message today, firstly, is just let's normalise feeding to sleep, feeding during the night. Um, It is very normal. And also, I guess when we're talking about feeding in terms of a sleep problem, and like I was saying, a lot of the advice is, well, your baby's still waking in the night because you're feeding. Well, actually, let's look at the root cause of sleep issues. And that is usually an issue with those biological sleep regulators, which we've spoken about before, the circadian clock and the sleep pressure. Those are what control our sleep, not how we settle to sleep, not whether we rock the baby, whether we feed the baby, whether we, I don't know, bounce on a gym <laughs> ball with the baby. It's it's about what's actually driving sleep. And if we've got excessive night waking, then maybe we need to look at that as what's going on with those regulators, as opposed to like, oh, you're feeding the baby to sleep. You've just created this bad habit. Right. Um, comparison can often creep in, can it? And I'm sure yeah. you know, a lot of mums are out there getting all the advice, and we've spoken about this before from as, as far as wide as they can, from social media to family. Um, if someone is struggling, what, what would be your advice? Like, What's the best kind of um, source to get some, some more information? Oh, that's. I know you do. I mean, I know you have some. You have some really good. Um, your Facebook group, for example. Mm. I'm, I'm sure that's probably. Is that sort of one, one opportunity where mums can go to get some info? Yeah, well, to, to be part sure. of. You know, <laughs> for sure. I very heavily moderate my Facebook group so that the advice is so the feel of the group is supportive and it's yeah. not about the shoulds and the rules and the cried out and all of that stuff. But it is a lot of resources there about biologically normal sleep and feeding and it is a great group if I do say so yeah. myself of course it's yours right <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I would say just be careful yeah be careful who you follow or if you're in a mum's group that just makes you feel like you're doing the wrong thing if anyone makes you feel like you're doing the wrong thing I think that's where you need to say mm, is this the right group for me or is yeah. this the right Instagram page to follow because we don't need to be feel, feeling that way we can um, you know connect with our values and what's important to us and and, um, approach the sleep and the feeding and all those things in that way. Very good. Well, if you want to get in touch with uh, Andrea, head online to our website and we'll put some links up there to to your page as well, which is really good. Uh, Head online to 98five.com. Andrea, really appreciate you coming in today. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Good advice. You are on 98.5 and this is Weekdays with Mike. For more details on this and other programs, contact 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia, or visit the website 98five.com.